This episode of the Wiffle League Podcast was recorded on Sunday, August 21st, 2016. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Welcome inside the Wiffle League podcast. I'm your host, Rich Nassif. I want to thank Steve Andrews for that intro song that he just performed for us in studio. Um, all kidding aside, we do have with us our content and audio producer for today, JF, the commish. We also have our stats coordinator, Josh. Uh, Jason is out of the country. He's actually not even in this hemisphere. Um, but we do have a guy chilling in the corner with us, and that's Luke Pollard. Luke, say what's up. What's up? All right, you've spoken too much already. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Uh, Wiffle Series 12 around the corner. Um, JF, do you want to give us the, the, the pitch on uh, details for the Wiffle Series? Yeah, the Wiffle Series 12 will be Sunday, August 28th at 3 p.m. And, again, it will be the Fireflies and the Storm. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, let's get right into the windup. Uh, we're going to rattle off uh, about a 60-second uh, you know, kind of review of each team from this season, from the 2016 season, and kind of uh, lead that into a, a Wiffle Series 12 preview. Um, so, JF, if you could, please introduce each team, and, and from there, uh, put me on the clock, hold me accountable. we got to get this show on the road. You got it. we got the first-place team, the Storm. The Storm. Um Knocked us out of the uh, playoffs, that, that being the Rough Riders. I have to be very careful with what I say because three of them are in the studio. So um, <laughs> Luke just gave me the death stare. Um, obviously a very uh, strong team offensively, and I think the one thing that's really um, surprised a lot of people is just the other side of the ball. The defense we, we knew would be good with um, Josh and JF and, and, and obviously pitching, uh, some question marks with Steve and Josh, um, but all around been a very, um, very strong performance on that side of the ball, uh, consistently throughout the year. And I think that's what will, uh, probably put them in a great position to win this Wiffle series 12, uh, so long as the bats continue to produce, um, you know, and it's been a little bit of that contribution from, from Luke and Steve that has kind of put them in a position to really be, um, you know, above and beyond the rest of the teams. Second place team, the Fireflies. Fireflies. Um, so Fireflies beat the Legends 2-0 in the last series um, and then took two out of the previous three in that final regular season series. So um, obviously going 4-1 and one against the team that they were directly competing for really solidified them as that second team in the Wiffle Series, led by Russ Anderson on the mound and at the plate. Um, Brandon Eckert, their second pitcher. Um, you know, I think for them it's it's going to be just a question mark of what Russ brings. We know heading into last Wiffle Series, Wiffle Series 11, the big question mark was could Russ produce in the in the series because I think that's been um, kind of his Achilles heel as a, as a career. And last year he was able to deliver in a big way, and, and now – can he lead this team? Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what that supporting cast can do for him. Third place team, the Legends. You know, the Legends, I think, um, kind of the uh, adversary of the league, if you will, with the um, Chris Lazzarini preseason hype campaign. Is that what we'll call it, I guess? Um, 
you know, uh, definitely they came out swinging the bats early in the season. Um, Brian Boyson making his return, that was a big boost for their team. Um, interesting to note that Jason didn't pitch in the in the semifinals, and uh, I think again, um, a team that you could see when they're all performing at a high level. Um, Jason, Brian, Laz, um, you know, on the defensive slash pitching side can really give you a lot. And then, you know, I think on the other side, again, a team that has some question marks when it comes to the postseason um, and has some question marks when it comes to kind of those pressure situations. I believe they scored one run in that semifinal series. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So kind of their Achilles heel there. But, um, you know, again, a, a great season, put themselves in a place to be in the Wiffle Series, just uh, came up short in those last two series against, um, you know, a very solid Fireflies team. I believe they actually scored two runs. They only scored one. Oh, sorry. Was it 103-1? Is that right, Josh? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Fourth place team, also known as last place, the Rough Riders. Disappointing year. Um, no excuses can be made. Uh, I think we finished three and six. We lost every series one to two. Um you know, we were a team that constantly was in a position to, to win a series and and found a way to lose one of those tight games. In the first series, it was that uh, 10 to 11 loss that we took in extra innings. Um, you know, a couple plays at the plate could have gone either way, but in the end, not enough hitting. Um, probably not consistently enough uh, shutdown pitching. And um, I thought at times our defense was pretty strong. But, you know, again, you look at some of those plays at the plate where um, you know, maybe the lead up to that was a, a bad throwing decision or a bad uh, decision trying to shut down a runner or, or you know, instead of just kind of giving them the hit and, and living with the single. So uh, disappointing. I know that uh, high expectations coming into the year and to not even make the playoffs, um, you know, very disappointing for for not just myself or Steve Schroeder or Mike Satry or Dustin, but really for all of us, we, we were expecting some big things. So um, it would be interesting to see how the four of us Rebound heading into next year. All right, so we'll move on to the Wiffle Series preview. We have eight questions for you, Rich. Are you ready? I believe I was born ready. All right. Question number one. Is Josh Wittenberg beatable? Is this a general question, or is this um, in reference to his uh, pitching this year? His pitching, he's 5-0 and this year. Josh, can you give me some stats on yourself in regards to your pitching before I go ahead and make a fool out of myself? That was the whole point, though, for you to make a <laughs> fool of yourself. Uh, sure. Um, pitching stats, I've thrown 19 and two-thirds innings this year. Eight strikeouts, no walks, one intentional walk. Surrendered 13 hits. Allowed three runs, one home run, uh, five wins, no losses. Is he beatable? Um, great question. Uh, obviously, we've seen some guys go through the season without giving up uh, – with without a loss to the record, correct? I believe Russ and Steve Schroeder have accomplished that in recent history. Josh, maybe you can check the stats. Um, but um, is he beatable? I would say yes, um, you know, but obviously Josh is really firing on all cylinders this year. Um, I believe he, he mentioned only 13 hits, which over that amount of innings is, is, is impressive. Um, one home run, very impressive. I think, and Josh, you can – Correct me if I'm wrong here, but in the past, that's probably what got you a little bit is those home runs that would, um, you know, break a game open on you. But um, I would say, yes, it's going to be very difficult. The other team's going to have to really, um, you know, put the ball in play quite a bit and, and keep it out of the infield. Um, you know, put the ball on the ground into the outfield, um, which, again, I think 
having just played the storm most recently for the Rough Riders, we we saw a lot of hits that got to the outfield but ended up being outs because of the stellar play defensively. Um, so it's going to have to be a Russ Anderson, you know, near perfect game going up against Josh and, and squeezing out a run. Um, that would be the way I would see Josh losing a game. It's going to be tough, but it is certainly doable. All right, question number two. What is the most important game of the series? Ooh. Uh, from what I've seen in Wiffle over the years, it's it's certainly game one. I think we've seen a lot of teams that are very comfortable when things are going well and very uncomfortable, very you know frustrated, edgy, um, when when things aren't going their way. So I think game one is huge. Um, obviously, game two is very important if you're a team that really relies on one pitcher. Um, you know, but but I think game one is so important. And um, we've seen a lot of game ones this year that were 1-0. We've seen some games that were, you know, huge scores. So I think, um, you know, certainly there's some nerves and some um, anticipation in game ones that will – uh, come out and sometimes it plays for a very tight game other times it plays for a little bit more of a wide open game i have some stats for you guys on uh wiffle series history games one two and three uh ever since we've had a three game series whichever team has won game one has won the series six out of eight times 75 percent however whichever team has won game two has also won six out of eight times but is it the in, same six teams? <laughs> no. Because there's been game threes, right? <laughs> yes, there have been four game threes okay. in a best of three game series. And I would say that game three is the most important because out of the four teams that have won game three in a best of three, all four <laughs> of them have actually won the series. Yeah, that's okay. Mr. Magician over here with the stats. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean about the four series that didn't have a game three? No, I, I, I mean... You guys are head. You, the three of you are heading into this series. Um, you know, I don't need you to give away any secrets, but wouldn't you place a lot of emphasis on getting off to a good start in the series? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, I mean, try to win every game. I just think that a lot of times when you see that team win the first game, it's the second game that sometimes they can get a little lackadaisical, or you know, this might be a revisit. Complacent. Yeah. And for me, it could be like revisionist history a little bit, but I feel like, you know, that that second game to me seems pretty key because of a team that kind of lets their guard down and they're stuck in that game three winner take all. Yeah, and I, I think what sticks with me is I've been on some teams in the Wiffle Series that have lost game one and have felt like they're, you know, climbing a mountain the rest of the way. Um, so it, it certainly depends on your teammates and, and your team energy and your team spirit. But um, for me, yeah, game one is, is important. Obviously, the stats show that, you know, game two is equally as important, but, um, you know, I think uh, it's very difficult to have other results statistically when you're only playing a three-game series. All right, question number three. Which team has the edge defensively? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this back on you. Um, how would you rate one through four? How would you rate the Fireflies? You know, who's their best defender down to their worst defender? Josh or JF, feel free to, to jump in. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, I definitely think that Russ is their best defender. Uh, he's been in the league the longest on their team outside of Dave. 
but he plays a much more pivotal role, in my opinion, than Dave as a pitcher because as a pitcher, you're in control of, you know, essentially where the other team is kind of hitting the ball based on where you're throwing, and you're also in control of trying to get that out by being in the circle. For sure. And Russ also proved last series that he's a very capable left fielder. When yeah. he ran out of innings, he I don't you weren't there. No, but, but he did this last year. He made a catch over the fence. He Correct. jumped over the fence yeah. and caught a home run. And second time, Laz was robbed. Or was that a Jason hit? It may have been a Jason hit, but he, he it was definitely going to be a home run. Right. So And Brandon also robbed Laz on a hit that was going to be I, a home run. And I remember in our series against the Fireflies, Brandon made some spectacular catches out and left. So your order of them, one through four? I would... In my opinion, I think that uh, Brandon's probably number two. He could be up there. Sometimes Dave uh, plays very well on defense, and sometimes Dave uh, can make an error on mm-hmm. you know, a relatively routine ground ball. Mm-hmm. So, but Brandon also has proved in the past that you know sometimes he's not quite experienced enough to know how the ball's going to bounce or spin and stuff like that. So I think I give Brandon the edge a little bit, but it's pretty close there. And then I, I have Paul wrapping it up because Paul's just not the fastest guy, so he doesn't he doesn't have the ability to cover as much territory. And he there. typically always plays right field, so correct. that guy's not getting the most action, doesn't have the biggest impact on the field. Correct. Um, so to answer your question, JF, which team has the edge defensively? I mean, Josh brings up a good point. Uh, I shouldn't say a good point, a great point. You know, the pitchers have such a big play defensively as well as obviously the pitching aspect, but how many balls they drop in the circle, what type of, you know, mental, psychological edge that could give a team or boost that could give a team. Um, I, I think, you know, when you when you stack it up man for man, it, it's, it's easy to go, okay, Steve and Wright versus Paul and Wright. You know, Luke at, at short versus Brandon. Brandon at short or... You know, however they end up lining up. Um, Jeff, you haven't played much short this year, have you? No, I've mainly played mainly left played field left. and a little right field. Actually, when Russ is pitching, Brandon usually plays, plays left, left field. Dave plays Dave short. Dave plays short, right. That's what I thought. Um, you know, so you can do it that way. I think um, at the end of the day, I think the, the combination of, of Josh and JF versus their, their you know, top two. So JF, if you're in left and Josh is in, on the mound, and then you have um, Russ on the mound with with Brandon in left. I think that's where you're going to see the majority of the plays made. And then from your short fielder, you're looking for probably two or three key plays a game where it's either a hard hit ground ball or a liner. Um, you know, so I think really when you look at the, the combination of your pitcher, your left fielder, the lineups that you guys can put out there versus theirs, I, I'd certainly say that you guys have the edge. And a lot of that has to do with with obviously Josh either on the mound or or in left, um, but but it's probably a tighter comparison, if you will, than um, than most other teams would be able to put up. You know, I think um, Laz and Jason obviously are comparable, but I think the left field play is crucial, and um, and you guys certainly have the edge in that regard. The storm. I went over the the stats from all the games played this year. Defensively, the Firefly. Well, we don't have defensive stats, but I looked over the hits, right, and the errors, and the. The Storm have made two errors, and the Fireflies have made seven errors. Mm-hmm. And I looked back specifically at the series of Fireflies versus the Storm, and we made one error that series, and the Fireflies made four errors that series. Now, Josh, I don't know if you have notes on this, but were a majority of those dropped balls or, or throwing decisions? Most of the errors this year have been ground balls that have not been fielded cleanly, as okay. well as throwing errors. Yeah. I remember that being an Achilles heel of the Rough Riders this year. Yeah, I... 
I can't remember more than maybe one or two balls being dropped that should have been caught. And there were a couple balls JF that were one. dropped that should have been caught that were foul. So, you know, they would have been errors had the ball landed fair. Gotcha. Good to know. That's that's um, interesting statistical knowledge. I don't right. know if I dropped a ball this year, Rich. Yeah, yeah I, went through I don't your, think so. It went through your arms <laughs> like this I don't know about against that. us. Anyway, go on. All right, question number four. <laughs> <laughs> How important is Russ Anderson in this series? Um, I think Josh alluded to it earlier. Um, you know, Russ being this, you know, one of the two senior guys on that team. Um, obviously, if he can, if he can keep the Storm bats at bay, and if he can, um, you know, really, I don't want to say pitch perfectly because I know when Russ tries to pitch perfectly, that's when he tends to make up mistakes. But if he can kind of dictate the tempo of the game. Um, and then, you know, get some momentum going at the plate. I think that's the way I envision the Fireflies um, winning this series. It's really got to start with him. You have Brandon, who's making his rookie debut in terms of the Wiffle series. Um, In terms of the playoffs, actually? No, he was in the playoffs before when he was on Jason's team. Okay. Um, So you you have him in his first ever Wiffle series. You have Paul, who's obviously been in a few now, and I believe won last year for the first time, correct? Paul won two years ago for the first time. Two years ago for the first time. But Paul's played in about seven or eight. The Chihuahuas were were not. Yeah, that's right. The Chihuahuas. Okay. And then then you have, obviously, uh, you know, as I said, Dave, who's who's been in this league as long as anyone. So um, I think just the ceiling, you know, obviously of impact that, that Russ can have on this series is probably the largest of their four team members in terms of hitting, dictating the tempo. Um, you know, if he's if he's keeping you guys to, you know, a hit maybe every two innings, you know, that that starts to get in your head a little bit. Um, and then obviously he's he's one of the guys you would expect on that team to be able to come up with a with a clutch long ball or a clutch, you know, hit. So um I, I really think he's the 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 catalyst to their success in this series. And I, I don't know how to say, you know, how important he is, but I think he certainly is the most important. And, um, you know, any, any wins that they're going to be able to, 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 to put together are going to start with him. It's going to start with him and it's going to also have to be with them, you know, not making mental mistakes, not letting opportunities slip away where they have a couple runners on and less than two outs. Um, you know, and, and, and obviously, Josh, as you just mentioned, the defensive errors, they got to cut down on that, um, you know, in a potential two-game series or three-game series. Yeah, Russ has really been pivotal to the success of the Fireflies this season. He's had his best offensive year in the history since we've been keeping statistics. Uh, just to show last year the combination of all of Russ's at-bats resulted in what would have theoretically created about five runs for his team in this year. He's created 16 runs, so he's wow. three times the offensive player he was last year, let alone his pitching, which is obviously exceptionally mm-hmm. exceptionally delivered, as always. All right, well, when we come back, we'll have four more questions for the Wiffle Series 12 preview. Rich, take it away. I just want to mention that we will also have Luke say something in the next segment. Wait, Luke, can you say something right now? He's doing a... Yeah, Luke, say something right now. How's the coffee? He's stoned. I like to play. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that means. All right, you're listening to the Wiffle League podcast. Join us after the break for our second segment. 
And welcome back into the Wiffle League podcast. Um, I do want to apologize to our wis- listeners um, for the audio quality of this one. Um, between Luke's heavy breathing into the microphone and Jason being in Europe, not being uh, behind the dials. We have JF on the dials. So um, any complaints, any um, questions you have about the audio quality please direct those to steve schroeder who is our impregnable audio quality inspector and chief commentator on such matters um if you need his email address you can also look him up on facebook um there you go jeff uh we are not done with this wiffle league 12 preview is that correct correct all right four more questions all right let's get through them all right question number five is home field advantage a big deal? Well, I would argue that in the past when we played at Filardo Field, it could be a big deal for you, but I don't... I I think you can flip this both ways, and I'm sure that there's numbers to back up one way or the other, but I, 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 I think that, Again, it comes down to the team spirit and and the psychological strength, fortitude, if you will, of the team. I mean, some teams want to be away. They want to be up first. They want to get an early lead and press on the other team. Obviously, you don't always get that lead, and then you know you could potentially be down. Other teams want to get you know they want to know what they have to go up against, having been on the mound and defending fielding, I should say, for 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 a half inning, and then hey, we're up one. You know, we're we're. Zero zero, or we're down a run. We gotta make that up. So, I don't think it's a huge advantage. Um, obviously, if you get to game three, having that last at bat, um, you know, can be big. But I, I honestly think there's advantages to both sides. Um, so I, I I don't think it's a big deal. I got some stats to back you up here. In the history of the Wiffle series, the home team has won 19 of 30. Uh, with the away team winning the other 11. But in the history of Filardo Field, the home team has only won six out of 11 with the away team winning five. However, since 2012, the last game of every series has been won by the home team. Interesting. All right, question number six. But, but some of those were while they were while they were up to bat first. They were technically the away team in that game, or no? No, they were the, the home team has won the final game of every series at Chestnut. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. Question number six. Should the Fireflies be worried about their offense? Wow. That's a good question. Um, You know, I've been worried about their offense all year, but, you know, they're here. They're they're in the the Wiffle series. Um, And and they showed in that semifinal series that they don't need a ton of runs to win. Obviously, again, when you have a Russ Anderson on the mound, you know, a a sharp Russ Anderson on the mound – you don't need a ton of offense, but you know this should be a, a you know an interesting matchup, obviously with arguably the best defense. Um, you know, going up against um, you know a, a team that certainly a lot of people should have their doubts. Um, what I've found is that offense disappears in the Wiffle series, um, so you don't necessarily need four guys to do it. You, you usually need two at least. Um, but there have been some series, I think, where one guy has really carried the lion's share. So, yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried. I don't think they should be worried. They should just keep on doing what they're doing. If somebody could, whether it's Josh, I think Josh is going to bring us some stats. But, JF, do you, 
your your series with the Fireflies the first time around this year, Storm Fireflies. How did those games go? They won the first game, I believe. Dave Leap hit a bases clearing double, and I believe that we won the last two games of the series. So, uh, high scoring that was series a, or pretty tight. No, they were lower scoring. Okay, I believe the first game was maybe five to three. They did score five runs, but then. Uh, Steve pitched the second game, and then Josh, I believe, pitched the third game. And that was the first series of the year for you guys. That was both. the first series right. of the year. So you know, teams were getting a little more acclimated. Yeah, and I obviously, mean, Josh became our ace for, in the last two series. I think. I think uh, before I let Josh go to the stats, I, I think they're comfortable winning tight, low-scoring games. So as long as their pitching and fielding can keep them in that situation, I don't think they need to be worried. I think they have. Um, Three, you know, maybe four. I mean, Paul Paul has had some timely hits throughout his career. They have four guys who can come up with timely hits. Um, I don't know that they necessarily have four guys who you're sweating every time they come up to plate, but they certainly have, um, you know, three guys who in their careers have come up with timely hits. And, you know, Brandon, again, being being in his first Wiffle Series, we'll, we'll see. It's funny that you say the Fireflyers are comfortable winning tight games as the Storm have never scored more than three runs in a single game this season, yet they've won six of them. So it should be a, that should make for a great series then. Yes. All right. Question number seven. Who has a bigger series, Dave Leap or Steve Andrews? Um, you know, that's 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 interesting. I I think you can go a couple ways with this. Dave um defensively uh, I think he has a very high ceiling I think he has that penchant for some timely hits I know he also puts a lot of pressure on himself um, he he wants to win the series every year Steve had a huge wiffle series last year um, so will that show up again it, we all know it can show up but will it show up again I think the potential for Steve to, to pitch a, a game three um, would probably allow him to have a bigger series, um, but we don't know that it'll get there. So I think um, I, I think Steve Andrews will, um, not necessarily because I believe it's going to go to three games, but I do think that with the Fireflies offense, you know, Dave may, may have to, you know, step up in some ways, and sometimes that pressure going up against, a, you know, one of the best pitching performances in, in the history of this league and, and going up against a great defense that might um, set him up for some situations where he might press. All right. Question number eight and our final question. And Josh didn't like the wording of this one, but which championship virgin will step up Brandon Eckert or Luke Pollard? Before I answer, what's the debate here on the wording? You didn't like the word virgin? No, I didn't like the way he said championship. It made it seem like neither Luke nor Brandon has ever played in the Wiffle Series when he meant it to mean neither one of them has yet won a Wiffle Series. I see. So, but Brandon has not yet played in a Wiffle Series, so that's why I just didn't like because Brandon and Luke's situation was I different. see, I see, I see. Well, it was Luke, a healthy debate. Luke, what's your record in the Wiffle Series? 0-3. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> Can you breathe the answer? Luke claims that his uh, his his microphone is not on. JF, can you check on that? Oh, it's on. Or should I go to Steve Schroeder? I shouldn't say that. Luke's record is zero and two. This will be his third series this season. Uh, ooh, some foreshadowing there. Um, so the question is, 
which will step up? Um, that's a tough question for that very reason. Um, you know, obviously Luke has been in Wiffle series before. He knows what to expect. Um, Brandon has not. Um, I, I think many would say he's probably the second best player on that team. So he is certainly expected to provide a little bit more, especially when it comes to the offense. So who will step up? Um, that That's a, a, a tough question to answer because stepping up for both of them is a different category. Um, you know, for Luke, it might be those two or three timely hits that bring in a run or get somebody on base in front of, you know, the power hitters. Um, it might be, you know, a couple line drive grabs that he's able to make at third base like he did on me and that famous gif that was sent around um for brandon i think there's a much greater load that's expected with him stepping up and again obviously um the pitching element plays into that so that's a that's a great question i i think it's really up for grabs it really is um i could see luke coming up with those timely hits and that good defending i could see brandon having you know five or six on base appearances um you know and and playing some stellar defense because obviously you know, your bats are going to put, you know, three out of the four are right-handed. They're going to pull the ball into left. So um, he's going to he's gonna be busy if he's out there and left. So um, I, I don't want to be cliche, but I don't have an answer, but I expect both of them to actually um, step up to the moment and, and rise above. And it'll be fun to see. So that's my answer. Anything else, Jeff? Nope, that's it. All right. Should I wrap this up then? Absolutely. Luke, do you want to wrap this up? No, you're good? Okay. A swift nod of the head laterally as he holds his beer and contemplates Wiffle Series 12. We'll be back. This is the Wiffle League Podcast. Welcome back inside the Wiffle League podcast. I'm your host, Rich Nassif. Got a little shuffle going on. I, I want to say that this might be the first time that this couch has held two guests. Luke's still sitting in the corner. He traded his coffee in for a beer. You betcha. And he's got a wiffle ball in the other hand. Gripping that thing tight. He's ready, folks. Um, Josh is now behind the dials, and we're going we're gonna to go deep. With, you know, a man who has many titles. You could call him Algonquin Police Officer Filardo. Officer Filardo. What's your What's your rank? Patrol officer. Patrol officer. Like, not lieutenant? Nope. Okay. Uh, yeah. We don't pa- have lieutenants. Patrol officer Filardo. You could call him Justin with a league player. You could call him JF the commish. But we're going we're gonna to get to know this this person, whatever you want to call him. As we're going deep. So, Justin, I have five questions for you. Three of them are, are going to go deep into your Wiffle career as a player. And then um, two of them are going to go deep into some other areas of your life that I, we, we'd like to know more about. So, um, All right. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. Luke, don't talk so much, please. Yeah, Luke, quiet down. Yeah, seriously. Aaron Rodgers does not break stride. He just says, relax. Um, 
All right. And I... uh, (laughs) Here we go. Question one. Um, You're a pretty cerebral guy. You probably get geeked up about certain things when you're on the field or when you look at your team. Um, You know, what's the one thing that that maybe we don't know, some of the outsiders, that you really get geeked up or that's your favorite aspect of the storm? As far as uh, individuals? Or certain things that you guys do really well. Maybe there's a you know a, a team mentality or spirit that we don't know much about. But is there one thing that kind of gets you geeked up? Or you're like, you know what? That's when I step away from the field. That's my favorite thing about the storm. Yeah. When I played baseball, I was always big into defense. I think that was something that I took a good amount of pride in. And that's one thing that I think we do really well. Obviously, Josh is a renowned defender, um, but the rest of the team has been really good and. You know, Luke to my right here was uh, has been exceptional this year. And it's kind of an underrated aspect of his game, and uh, Steve's gotten a lot better as well. So that's one thing that I, th- I, as far as our team, that maybe is a little bit underrated because I know Josh talked earlier that we only have two errors this year. So going into the series, I think that that's something that maybe not everyone is thinking about, but certainly something that we're very good at. Cool. That's awesome. But also, I will say this. There was one year where I had a really good defensive year throughout the regular season, and I played in the Wiffle Series. This is the last time I appeared in the Wiffle Series, and I played horrible defense. So just something to think about, fellas. Which team was that on? That was with our team, the Biscuits. Oh, uh, the Biscuits. Yeah. So <laughs> How could you forget those buttery slices of bread? Yeah. But like I said, something I take pride in, so it definitely stuck with me, but... Yeah, I think it's a good aspect of our team. Yeah. That's a little underrated. The biscuits. Down memory lane right there. Mm-hmm. Um, individually, deep down, you know, when you sit back and think about your game, what's what's the what's the aspect of your game that you struggle with the most? Um, or that you wish, you know, maybe you've put in the work, but you're just not getting where you want to be. Is there? Yeah, absolutely base running. Um, my base running, admittedly, is not good. There's sometimes where I lack focus a little bit when I'm running, and I sometimes am chatting with guys out on the field, and I'm not always plugged in totally, and I don't know maybe how many outs there are, and I run into some some bad outs, and that hurt the team. So that's certainly something. And then uh, throughout the years, I've always thought like RBI opportunities, I get a little bit tight and Anxious. oftentimes don't come through. I feel like I leave a lot of runners on base in big RBI opportunities. So certainly that's two things that I would like to improve in my game. Interesting. Interesting. Pitching, not one of them, huh? Well, that's gone by the wayside. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be any good at that. I've tried, but uh, it hasn't worked out so far. Fair enough. There's always your 40s. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. I could have a renaissance. <laughs> like Josh. Just get some HGH flowing and you'll be all right. Yeah. Um, this is your fifth Wiffle Series. Mm-hmm. What is your Wiffle Series pregame routine do you have one i don't i can't recall because it's been so long it's been about seven years but so i can't really speak to that to be honest with you because now at chestnut park it's a little bit more involved setting up the field right so yeah we actually luke and i discussed that last night maybe a way to set up the field and also have a little bit of time to get in the right mindset and kind of lock in to the series uh, beforehand, maybe give myself like an hour or so to kind of 
get everything set up and then worry about uh, the series at that point. You know, I've always made the, the, the comment, the observation that it's um, tough being on your team and Jason's team because yeah. you guys do take on such a, you know, such a huge amount of the setup preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever feel that, that, you know, being one of the setup guys being the commissioner, but do you ever feel that that bleeds in or distracts you from, you know, your game day preparation, your kind of being focused, being locked in? Yeah, there's times where I would like to get a little more batting practice, and I'm usually rushed in doing that because, of course, I'm setting up the field. I'm trying to start on time. So um, that's something probably I could get better at as far as managing. And certainly in a big series like this, I'm going to make sure that that happens. But, yeah, definitely. It takes so it, 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 it takes do- away from your playing experience. Yeah, it does yeah. hinder it a little bit, I would say. Um, I don't know if it necessarily carries out on the field, but there's sometimes where I don't feel like I may be in the rhythm that I should be when that right. first and pitch is thrown. All actions are interpreted different ways by different yeah. people. So yeah. um, th- to follow up before I get into my last two going deep questions, has there been any Wiffle League Council um, talk about maybe kind of furthering the shared responsibility of the setup or at the end of the day is it going to mostly come back to you and, and Jason? And I know Josh has taken on a bigger load with the setup as well. Yeah, and Josh is very helpful. Um, as f- far as discussion for the council, no, there hasn't been anything. Not getting like a lockbox at Chestnut and just <laughs> leaving the stuff there? and No. And also, too, a lot of it's my own fault because I'm sort of particular about where things are and I want to make sure that it's right. And yeah, you're you know, maybe I don't trust yeah, other no. people to do that, but it, certainly I want to make sure that things are where they are. And we did have it last year where we agreed that one team would set up one side of the fence, the other team would set up the other side. That seems to work fairly well. Better, yeah. Yeah, better as far as, you know, starting on time and batting practice For and sure. all that. But uh, as far as your actual question, as far the the council, there really hasn't been any discussion. Interesting. But I'll say if you want it done right, you need Jason and JF to do it. Oh, for sure. So, That's right. Yeah. It's just not the same. Just like this podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound so Josh bad. Is cu- yeah, I mean, Steve's going to get so many complaints. Mm-hmm. What's his email, Josh? Steve Schroeder at gmail.com. Yeah, that's correct. You can also mail him. So he he's really loves the U.S. Postal Service. Does he prefer a, a a type, you know, a typed note or a handwritten? Something where somebody's gonna have to deliver it to his house and say stop at the end of every sentence. He really loves <laughs> telegrams. Great. All right, um, two more for you, JF. Um, shifting from being a player in the league to, you know, some of the. Uh, personal, more off-the-field stuff. Yeah. Um, I think many of us would agree that Natalie is the first lady of Wiffle. Absolutely. How pivotal pivotal, pivotal of a role does she play in making this league as great as it is? I don't know if she would necessarily admit it, but I think she really enjoys it. There's times where it, it pulls me away, and my work schedule is can be a little difficult uh, to manage my time. So often when I'm off, she wants to spend some time with me, but sometimes she wants you to be out of the house. Yeah, probably. Okay. But and no, I think she really enjoys being at the games and and seeing everybody and going out afterward. And, and it everything. certainly gives you guys a built-in social opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as as stressful sometimes as it is, I think the banquet is something that we enjoy and we have. You know, we really look forward to every winter getting the house ready and you know having a big party and then hanging out the next day and everything. So I think 
it's it's growing on her. I'll say that. Awesome. And she is pivotal. Or pivotal. <laughs> Did you say pivotal? I was trying to say pivotal. And How pivotal of a role? And I it. said pivotal. Then you of. made me say it. Yeah. Yeah. The Wiffle League is our Rotary Club. I'd like to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's our men's. It's our <laughs> men's club. My dad is in a men's club. The Palatine yeah. Men's Club. My dad used to be in that yeah. one. This is ours. We don't. We're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Shifting onto a more serious matter. Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. It's a interesting time that we live in. Absolutely. What's your take on on what we hear in the news, and um, how can we make this world a better place? I think it really to speak to 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 Black Lives Matter. I suppose I obviously you have certain incidences that have been have come to light. And it's it is a really you know interesting time I think and I, t- for me I think there's probably some level of reform that is needed within the law enforcement community mm-hmm. you know some better training and uh, perhaps there's some unconscious bias that a lot of people have that mm-hmm. perhaps needs to be addressed but like any profession there are certainly people who are not good at it and. The, you know, the bad apples. Um, I can really only speak to my coworkers, and I know for a fact that uh, my experience has been that everyone treats everyone equally. And, you know, I know this is a little bit of homerism, but I, I do believe that law enforcement is a calling, and you're doing it not for yourself, but for other people, and right. no matter who those people are. So um, that often gets overlooked. And again, a lot of the focus is on the bad apples and the people that probably do have uh, some tendencies. And I think it's getting to a point now where a lot of things are getting exposed and it it is a good thing. You know, I always think that the conversation is good and progressing and moving forward. And, um, you know, certainly, again, all I can speak to is what I've seen. And I know that, uh, you know, the people that I work with do do the right thing. Yeah. And, and, Even and, when no one's looking. And uh, as somebody who studied, you know, a lot in terms of political science and international and, and how different nations operate, one of the things that's always been given to the United States is that while we do have our issues, we put everything on the front page. You know, mm-hmm. we don't, I mean, yes, there are things that get covered up, but when it gets found out, it's, everybody knows. Yeah. And, and, I, th- and I think at times that's, that can kind of spur that reform you're talking right. about. I think also, though, what's happened in, in the past couple of decades is just those people who are out there trying to expose those opportunities, or uh, not expose, sorry, use those opportunities to mm-hmm. gain something out of it. And I think that's where the media needs to probably do a better job of. Yeah, and I'm, I, I struggle a lot with the media. I, I dislike the media. Right. I think that they cause a lot of problems that are unnecessary. I totally agree. Um, so really, for me, this is kind of, been my crisis a little bit with with this whole ordeal because i feel like it is really um, what's going to sell what's going to get people to click click not right yeah people that right you're selling advertisements and it's certainly become i think a great a a dangerous proposition for them a great parallel is the duke lacrosse case yeah if you've watched that 30 for 30 it is one of the best and just how you know reverend jesse jackson jumped on it without knowing the facts and how Mm -hmm. the da jumped on it without you know so it's it certainly is interesting. Yeah. I'll give you guys a, some advice. When the news breaks, I 
do this all the time, and it's really interesting. If you if you go read BBC and then read CNN, two different stories. Uh, I believe it. So you know, if there's other languages you you know, try to read up on, you know, somebody else. But England's easy because we all speak English. So yeah. All right, that's it for going deep. You've survived. You can wipe away the sweat. Oof. Luke, anything to add? You're good. That was really deep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we went deep, all right. All right, moving on. Um, I'm going to hand the mic over, figuratively, uh, to Josh, who's behind the dials. Josh, next up, we have Rapid Fire. So you're going to rattle off 10, I think, 10 questions? Yeah, 10. We might have not have enough time for all 10, but we'll wrap off as much as we can. Okay. It's Rapid Fire. We can, we can bust in 10. Rip I'll away, Josh. Yeah. Rapidamente. Yeah. All right, obviously, Fuego. obviously, wiffle ball, baseball is your favorite sport. What's your second favorite sport? Well, I think you said it, baseball. Baseball and wiffle ball count as the same. I don't think they do. They do. Okay, let's say they're tied A for non-bat first. non-bat and ball sport, please. Uh, for me, it's football. Uh, it goes baseball, football, basketball, and then hockey. But I also really like soccer. I think I'd almost rather watch a soccer game than hockey. Wow. Excellent. Love it. All right. We're fav- making strides, guys. We're making strides. Mm-hmm. You've been in the league as long as everyone, uh, and you've had the opportunity to play with just about everybody. Who is your favorite teammate? Uh, my favorite teammate is uh, Steve Andrews. He's very fun to play with, and he's receptive and uh, positive, and I, I don't know. I've been on his team a couple times, and I've really enjoyed it. Favorite wiffle moment? Uh, winning, it sounds so cliche, but winning my first wiffle series, I just remember like that elated feeling and drinking the champagne and kind of just having this uh, almost like a monkey off my back because I had lost two before then. And so I was like really motivated to win that, that third opportunity. And I did, and it just felt really good. So it's kind of silly, but uh, that would be winning the wiffle series in 2000. Eight. Excellent. Biggest wiffle rival? Jeff Hanschman. Always has been. I mean, I went up against him a couple times in the wiffle series, so that sort of developed it. But uh, certainly through time with some of the issues with the, the pitch speed and things like that, but they're unquestionably Jeff. Your worst wiffle moment? Uh, I would say in 2014. Team, when we won one game and that last series in particular was really absolutely the worst series I ever played. I made several errors. We needed to win the series to go to the playoffs and I played horribly and I think Brandon struck me out like five times. So I really, that was just a low moment. I remember after that series just being really down. Yikes. Favorite banquet moment. Obviously the banquet comes back to your house so you're pretty much there for every moment. Favorite banquet moment, um, yeah, besides every after party, probably. Uh, I actually really enjoyed giving the Lifetime Achievement Award speech. I know I gave myself the award, but I uh, really enjoyed <laughs> the opportunity to be able to let everyone know how I felt about the league and how I felt about uh, everyone individually. I just enjoyed that opportunity that I gave to myself. Awesome. You're in the council. You've made up most of the rules yourselves. Is there a rule that you would like to change or maybe a new rule you'd like to implement? Honestly, I think if I could add one rule, it would be 
five players on a team. I know that sounds kind of goofy, but I think that a catcher would be really good, and then you could eliminate the arc. Um, and I think that the game would just play a little bit more like baseball where you could cover all the bases. So that's something that I I don't necessarily think it's a goal of mine to get to that point, but more pipe dream-ish. I think uh, it would just make for a more fun brand of Wiffle. Maybe something to leave for a future commissioner to take on? Sure. Whoever that may be. Pitcher you'd least like to face. Oh, as I said earlier, Brandon, definitely. And, I mean, Here I could go. face him in the Wiffle series, yeah. So he's always been murder on me just in the last couple of years, and uh, I've struck out. If you want me to sub in, like I love hitting against him. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I think it's like the angle in which he throws the ball. Like he's kind of got like a little sidearm thing and just where maybe I set up in the box, it, it's murder on me. All right, last rapid-fire question. Besides the storm... What's your favorite team? The Biscuits. We were like 10-2, and two, won the Wiffle Series. We were probably the best team of all time because we finished the job. The 8-1 and one Rubber Ducks did not. Yeah. So uh, I think we just were clicking. Even when we lost in the playoffs, that was we were just kind of playing free and easy at that point and weren't even like really breaking a sweat as far as possibly losing the series. It was, it was just a fun team. I really, Mike and Rich and Josh, I just loved it. All right, great. That's that it. was a fun team. Mm-hmm. Rich, you want to describe word association? Word association, not rapid fire. Give us one word that comes to mind. Okay. Um, I don't remember. You can determine if you want to use hyphens, but sure. we think it's I'll cool. I'll do the best I can. I we mean, that was get, my idea, so I I'll get come pretty, up with one word. I'm just going to say I get pretty geeked up when you can just do one word, no hyphens. Yeah. All right, here we go. Right. Filardo Field. Quirky. The dragons. Uh, bad. Losers. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Aqua socks. Worse than bad. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Hansen. Rich. (laughs) Julie Somore. Progressive. Steve Andrews. Fun. Luke Pollard. Sarcastic. Josh Wittenberg. Motivated. Brandon Eckert. Enthusiastic. Paul Stumbaugh. Crabby. Dave Leap. Um, sexy. Russ Anderson. Cool. Just cool. The Fireflies. Underrated. The Storm. Cohesive. Oh, I thought he was going to use a different C word. Champions. Mm. All right, that's it. You've survived. All right. Well done, guys. That was fun. Well done.
I love this turning of the tables. Josh, your favorite answer of them all? Rich. <laughs> rich for Mike that's Hansen. <laughs> too rich for this shit. I know. I was going to say, that's a that's a great story mm-hmm. for those of you who have not heard it. Um, we'll tell Steve Shorter <laughs> the story, and you can contact him about it. <laughs> all right. Josh, you're you're the producer right now. We got to wrap this up, right? Give wrap it the, up. Give me the finger. All right. It was his pointer finger. He's doing it in a circular motion. So, JF, you're off the hot seat. You're still on the couch. You and Luke can enjoy those beers. Mm. Um, we're Be- gonna take a break. Beach Blonde Crystal Lake Brewery. Luke, I highly what, recommend. Luke, what do you got in that pint glass over there? Uh, some New Glarus. Spotted cow. I think it's a lager. I don't remember the name. I don't know, actually. Okay, well, we'll find out. And uh, when we come back from break, we'll have some more for you on the Wiffle League podcast. And welcome back inside the Wiffle League podcast. It's time for our coming attractions. There's really only one coming attraction at this point of the year. It's the topic that we talked about at length today, and that is Wiffle League 12, Sunday, August 28th. Wiffle Series 12. Sorry, what did I say? Wiffle League 12? <laughs> it's a great name for a video game, though. Yeah. Wiffle League 12. Wiffle Series 12, Sunday, August 28th, 3 p.m. at Chestnut Park. Um, bring your family, bring your friends. How'd your kids? How'd your wife? <laughs> No, bring them, <laughs> then you can hide them. <laughs> Thanks, Luke, though. That was the most passionate thing you offered today. <laughs> so make sure you're there. Um, should be a great weekend. Northwestern Soccer also opens on that Friday. So uh, I do get comp tickets. They're a hot ticket. Pardon the pun. But if you uh, want to get on the waiting list, please contact Steve Schroeder. <laughs> and he will uh, he will deal with that for you. Um so that's it. Josh, you wanted to add one thing, please, for us about the um, a little tidbit about the Wiffle Banquet this year. A little bonus for those fans coming out this year. There's going to be an after party immediately after we clean up the field at Chestnut uh, at Jason Hillebrand's residence, uh, which is right here where Studio H lies. Wow, I blew that one, too. I thought when you guys said after party, you meant the Wiffle Banquet. Man, you're struggling. Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. So <laughs> Wiffle Series 12 after party will be at Jason Hillenbrand's. Um, Will the studio be open and on display for those who want to come and see where the magic is made? Yeah, I think Jason left the possibility that if you were here, Rich, that there would maybe be some post-series interviews that we would put on the the podcast. So I think I need to change my underpants. And not because I was in the speed walking the other day. But yeah, the uh, yes, the studio will be set up. That's and awesome. also, the, uh, I should add that Jason's going to show a movie outside, so he's going to project a film. I believe it's going to be baseball related. We haven't decided for sure. 
There's Sandlot. There's Major League. Fingers crossed for Bull Durham. Bull Durham. So we got a couple options uh, that are rattling around. Little do Big you, League, if we could. Mm, do you I think like we could? One. Do you think we could get a bouncer in the back too? Sure. And you Joe Lance is coming. Are yeah. We, are we gonna have? One <laughs> no, of those no, 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 no. Bouncy house is there. A bouncy house. Thank you. Yeah. Not. Not. We could bounce on Joe. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, that was JF, by the way. Um, so I believe that's it. I, I want to thank. Uh, this was a special production, as we talked about. Jason is uh, halfway around the world. Um, JF, do you want to fill us in on why Jason's halfway around the world? Yeah, for work. Okay. Yeah. And any he's actually with Jeff Hanchman as we speak. So. So he called us to talk about, uh, you know, where we were at. And he was with Jeff, so and Jeff refused to to get on because he was gonna call in, but Jeff wanted no, nothing to do with it. Is he dead to this league? I think so. He's getting there. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to thank uh, everybody involved. Uh, Jason's uh, international cell phone, Josh for doing the stats and and helping with uh, a lot of the production, um, being behind the dials here at the end as well. JF, our commish, uh, producing the content, producing the audio. Um, being our, our, our special guest, obviously, for this uh, Going Deep uh, segment. Um, I do want to thank Luke for sitting on the couch. a boy, raising the glass. Um, for all of you out there, make sure you make it out to Wiffle Series 12. As I said, Sunday, August 28th, 3 p.m. at Chestnut Park. Um, I'm your host, Rich Nassif. It's a pleasure to bring you Wiffle League 2016 action, and uh, we're looking forward to such a great Wiffle Series 12 in a couple Sundays. Boys, take it away. This is the Wiffle League podcast.